When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've got a few episodes under our belt here at the Hi, I'm Bobby podcast. And I, guys, I got to tell you that it wasn't simpler to start a podcast than with Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or your computer. Anchor will literally distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If this sounds amazing to you, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm so excited, and I hope you guys will make a podcast today. Hi, I'm Bobby, and I'm your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture. Welcome to your weekly meeting of Pop Culture Fanatics Anonymous. This week, we're having a very quick chat about franchise fatigue and all the fun things that come with it. To begin, what is franchise fatigue? Well, the concept is exactly what it sounds like. It is the general tiredness audiences experience with franchises when they release new series or movies that are related to their universe. Um, so the reason why I'm talking about it this week is because we got a recent announcement of some new um, MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, spinoff series, um, mainly around Agatha Harkness. And then a couple of days later, it was announced that Monica Rambeau would be also receiving a, uh, or I guess, a spinoff show was in the works uh, for those two characters. And so that kind of drummed up some like topics of discussion around franchise fatigue when it comes to Marvel. And this is not a new concept by any means. Um, I think Marvel is just kind of like the most dominant franchise that we have right now, but it's a very contemporary issue. Before I get into kind of the, the nitty gritty of franchise fatigue, I do want to note that I love the characters of Agatha Harkness and Monica Rambeau. And I'll get into a little bit later why I have just the tiniest bit of trepidation when it comes to them receiving their own spinoff series. And it really just has to do with the amount of content that Marvel is producing at any given time. And we kind of all know that when you're working on a lot of things, it's kind of becomes like a quantity over quality type of thing. So I'm not speaking from the perspective that I don't think that these characters aren't worth a spinoff show they definitely are especially with Monica Rambeau who would be like 
a woman of color, a black woman leading a TV series, I obviously would love to see that. But my main point is that I would want to see it done well. I would want to see it have, you know, time and care and attention put to it. Um, But like I said, franchise fatigue is a very contemporary issue within film and sometimes TV, but it's mainly film. It's been brought up a lot, especially in the age of the Harry Potters and X-Men and now most prominently the MCU, which I mentioned, like I said, is probably the most prominent franchise that we have right now. DC kind of, but MCU, Marvel has kind of been definitely reigning supreme, especially for the last, I would say, five years or so. And oftentimes this, the claims of franchise fatigue are rooted in the belief that audiences only crave something new and they are somehow rejecting franchises. And I think the interesting thing about it in doing research for um, this episode, and I made a TikTok video about it, if you look at how we measure success in films, which is box office sales, franchises consistently overperform. <laughs> so I don't necessarily think that it's audiences seemingly wanting to reject franchises. I think that whole idea comes from cinephile, art house th- notion that audiences don't want the base and like basic franchises and you know blockbusters they crave all these new original narratives and everything like that but let's be real franchises work well because a lot of the times they're very universal stories with universal characters a lot of people can relate to them right um so it's not necessarily a bad thing that franchises exist literally anything in film is done for the perspective of making money. Yes, there's creativity. That is a strong part of how film and TV gets made, but the bottom line is money. So you can't say, well, franchises are money grabs. Most films are money grabs. They want people to buy tickets to see it, right? Um, But I think audiences liking franchises is not this like, you know, taboo, bad word thing that we need to be rejecting. Franchises are perfectly fine. And honestly, they're not gonna go out of style literally anytime soon um so if you're banking on the downfall of franchises good luck buddy um because they're not going anywhere and honestly franchises kind of operate on a a lot of different planes not all franchises look like the mcu or look like superhero genre films like back to the future that's a franchise three films shrek that's a franchise four films the godfather three films like it's just really franchise is just another word for a sequence of films kind of umbrellaed under one central theme or storyline or character like i said if we observe kind of how we measure success in films and tv we will see the box office numbers for franchises any of the ones that i've mentioned they are king and audiences are more than willing to see a new film or watch a show that's related to that franchise if you want a prime example of this i have two for you one is film and one is tv number one for film the fast and the furious we are rapidly approaching 10 to 11 films for that one franchise that is solely about cars and people will still go and see them. However, I w- there is like a little bit of a caveat there though. People are more than willing to see new films for The Fast and the Furious. But the one instance where it wasn't that successful was with Hobbs and Shaw, which was 
kind of going into what I'm going to be getting into a little bit later, which, which is where quality comes in. Yes, people like these characters, but the film, from what I've understood, I've never seen Hobbs and Shaw, so I cannot speak to whether it's faithful to the characters or to the franchise or not. But in reading what I was finding that people like the problems that people had with Hobbs and Shaw was that it wasn't that much of an engaging story, even though these characters are characters that people like. So that's an example of when a franchise can you can start to experience franchise fatigue is when your franchise kind of begins to dwindle with the stories that they are telling. Yes, we get that there are franchises and, and Hollywood is for sure built on capitalism. We all know that. But we can audiences can definitely tell when there was really no thought, really no effort put into like who these characters are, how they would behave, what type of storylines they would be in. Audiences are not dumb. They can absolutely tell that type of stuff. And then a TV example that I have is Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is a franchise that has been going strong for over 50 years. They have very formulaic plots and episode storylines. You could reiterate the mystery, Mystery Incorporated a billion and one times in a bunch of different categories. And the franchise is still going because they're following the one formula that they know works for teenagers and a dog solving mysteries if any iteration of scooby-doo does that it's gonna be successful more than likely with their fans so like i said audiences they don't hate franchises they really just want quality for the characters that they like at least that's my perspective on it but you know you can maybe think differently that kind of ladders up to my point that franchise fatigue is really not an issue of a franchise just simply existing it's more of an issue of quality control. So, the, like I said, we know that the continuation of a series is almost always going to be a cash grab because Hollywood, they don't necessarily just do it for the art. They do it for the money as well. Um, but audiences can for sure tell when a series is only continuing for the sake of money and they have zero regard for the characters or their storylines. A, a really strong example, at least from in, I would say the past 10 years or so, is Men in Black. So there are technically, there are four films in the Men in Black franchise. But the fourth one, which is Men in Black International, starring Tessa Thompson and uh, Chris Hemsworth, kind of tanked at the box office. And it was because it was seen as a franchise that was kind of a, a cheap nostalgia grab. Like... The franchise had been kind of like, I won't say dead, but it wasn't relevant anymore. And so when they came out with a random fourth series that doesn't really star any of the original cast, people weren't drawn to it because they had no interest in being drawn to it. It was a franchise that was kind of out of sight, out of mind for a very long time. Franchises like Marvel and here lately, I would say DC, even though in the beginning they weren't quite... They, I think people kind of experienced franchise fatigue with DC early on um, when they kind of had um, bad film after bad film. And I think they're kind of beginning to gain some footing about how they want to tell their stories. Um, but that's the story for another day. Um, I think Marvel has been kind of able to beat these franchise fatigue allegations uh, for more than a decade. And that really comes from the fact that they've been very calculated with the story that they're intending to tell. And that is how people don't really don't really get tired of 
Marvel films. So it's, it's like I said, it's less of a, a quantity thing and more of a quality thing. We all know that Marvel's long form storytelling is nothing short of historic in that you're tying together 20 plus films under one large overarching story, which is a Herculean feat, if nothing else. But that is that's kind of what has been something that Marvel has been able to do very, very effectively. And now this isn't to say that every single film or series that comes from Marvel or franchises like it is going to be well regarded. It's similar to the Fast and Furious reference. Like Hobbs and Shaw really wasn't that great of a movie. But for those who like the Fast and Furious franchise, they're kind of okay with one film not being great, but the other ones being in line with how the previous films have gone and they don't really get tired of the franchise maybe we as non fast and furious or non-marvel people from the outside looking in might get tired of it but fans more than likely will not but this whole thing is to say that there is kind of one factor that can really massively complicate franchise fatigue as a concept and to me that is timing um so i think a lot of the concerns that people had with the new Agatha show and the new Monica Rambeau show um, that is, is in development right now, I would say for the most part is less to do with the characters, even though, like I said, caveat, there are people who just are misogynist jerks who don't like these characters for whatever reason. Um, so I think it's less to do with the characters because those were two characters from WandaVision who people really, really enjoyed and I think would like to see a spin-off narrative for. Um, but I think that some concerns around the announcement in tandem with every couple of months, we seem to be getting the next, you know, 10 to 20 pieces of media coming from one studio. I think this year was a good example of where these concerns were coming from because we had two films and three TV series condensed into one year, now be it because of COVID they kind of had to push up timelines and push back things and, and that kind of complicated the whole matter. That I definitely understand. But that is a lot of content coming from one studio about one overarching storyline in one year. The great thing about Marvel before was that each year you had a new movie. Uh, before This was before the TV shows were, were canon. You had a new movie to come out every single year and you had a year to digest what you were seeing. So yeah, you couldn't get tired of it because it was going to be a whole other year before you saw the next addition to the franchise. But when they kind of condense that timeline and they're giving you two movies and three TV shows, people are like, okay, that that's a lot. That's, that's a lot for me to take in around the storyline that I care about, but this is quite a bit of content. Going back up to my point about timing with everything, I think my main concern and kind of the concerns that I've been hearing across a couple of different platforms with these new shows, especially with shows that center characters that a lot of us really enjoy, like Agatha and Monica, is that, like I said before, when a co when a studio is pushing out all this content so quickly, uh, quality control is going to waver, whether people like it or not. Quality control is going to waver, and oftentimes, a drop in quality really comes at the expense of stories that center marginalized groups. When you condense everything down for the sake of pushing content out to constantly be top of mind for people, the quality is going to kind of be a little bit shaky. And if nothing else, 
Would I love to see an Agatha show? Absolutely. I want to see what they are going to do with her character beyond just WandaVision or beyond wherever other like show or movies she's going to end up in. But I just want them to do right by it. That's it. Do right by her. Give it the time and quality that it needs. I don't think anyone's going to forget Agatha as a character, um, especially because she was so central to WandaVision. Um, I don't think anyone's going to forget her character if they take the time to develop the series in the way that it needs to be developed and to kind of space things out again. Like, I don't think I need to see a new release every single month because it's just a lot to keep up with. But some people, I will say, I'm not going to yuck your yum. Some people really enjoy it and they don't really see an issue with it. And I think both can kind of exist at the same time. Overall, I think franchise fatigue is definitely a thing, and I, but I think it can manifest in ways beyond what a lot of people may know it to be defined as. Being fatigued with media is a, an absolute thing, franchise or not. So thank you for joining me on this kind of, you know, quick little deep dive. I was traveling on Wednesday. So this is being put up and recorded on Thursday um, and my flight got delayed a couple of times. So this was supposed to go up on Wednesday, uh, but because my flight got delayed and I didn't get back to New York uh, until late at night, here we are doing it the next day. So I deeply apologize about that. We will be again back on track, hopefully Wednesday with a new podcast episode. Like I always say, after every single episode, I would love to hear from you. In a description of each and every episode, you will have the option to send me a one minute audio message. It could be a hot take. It could be a response to something that I said. It could be a question. It's really up to you. Of course, please keep it respectful. And if an audio message is really not your thing, that's totally fine. You can shoot me a DM over on Instagram at the afternoon special or over on Twitter at hi I'm Bobby. I hope you enjoyed this week's chat and that you'll join me again next week for another pop culture deep dive. Later days friends. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.